Ha ha! What's going on, guys and gals? Welcome to episode 44 of the Gamescast. Oh, thanks, Double M. As you said, welcome to episode 44 of the WorkPrints Gamescast. I'm your host, Rob, and I'm being joined by your normal host and my co-host, the heartless one, Bilal. What's up, Bilal? Hey, um, are we going to get sued by Disney for this? Hey, listen, he volunteered to come in and uh, give it a go. All I right. Mean, he's sounding much better than he uh, is in Kingdom Hearts 3. Yes, we'll, we, we'll get to um, that conversation. So this is going to be a little bit different of an episode. Again, it's just us two uh, this week. Unfortunately, our normal co-host, Jen, is getting hammered by the snow. Um, we're going to go ahead and go right into what we've been playing. And then we're going to go into a little bit of a deep dive into the bigger release of, of kingdom hearts 3 although if we had recorded this last week i'd say for sure it was the biggest release but yeah. i think something came up and it's even bigger now but we're gonna get into a little deep dive of kingdom hearts 3 because you've been playing it um so we'll do a spoiler free review of sorts on that but let's go ahead and, and get into what we've been playing and what's been going on um let me kick it off with what i've been doing actually because i outside of games i went and saw dragon ball super um Brawly. Yo, this movie is one of the most important anime movies out there for our franchise because it's actually good. So it's so funny because I think this movie is equal parts fantastic fun and absolute nonsense garbage. Oh, 100%. I mean, there's a portion of the fight which makes no sense. They defy all physics and uh, how lava works <laughs> and it, it, it it's still great uh, but yeah it's so beautifully animated though it is it because, is agreed 100 percent. because like anytime i watch an anime movie uh it's usually like the last five to ten minutes of the final fight which becomes like really well animated uh most of the time it's just kind of like quickly put together uh but with super it's oh my god the entire thing is beautifully hand-drawn now i should preface this by saying that I've seen maybe 50 to 60 episodes of like Dragon Ball Z back when I was in middle school, high school, whatever the time frame was. And so I've seen maybe like one and a half actual storylines um, in that time frame because so many of those episodes were just filler. I mean, I can tell you who your main characters are. I can tell you your main villains, right? I can tell you the different. I can tell you who's Frieza, who's Cell. You bring up a picture of Boo and Majin Boo, I can tell you. But I'm not like the biggest fan I do appreciate the franchise. So I was able to go into this not knowing anything about Dragon Ball Super and some of the newer characters from that series mm -hmm. and still enjoy myself and still have a really good time and understand what was going on. I will say that this movie is 45 minutes of ridiculous Dragon Ball plot and then just an hour of straight fighting. Yeah. Uh, when I was at Comic-Con, I went to the panel for this movie and, uh, the woman that voices Goku in the Japanese version was like, there were days where she'd go into the recording studio and she would just, she realized she just would not have said a single line of dialogue. All it was was just screams or grunts of some kind. It's, man, it is something else. Uh, but I really enjoy it. So if you're a fan, I would say go out and give that a shot. Um, before I go into what I've been playing, Blah, have you been doing anything outside of gaming? Yeah, so there's actually something I did yesterday. Uh, me and my wife decided to do Valentine's Day early uh, since it falls on a Thursday, I think, this uh, upcoming week. Uh, so I took her to go see Puffs. Uh, it's an off-Broadway play 
in New York City, and it's, uh, if you're a fan of Harry Potter, this is 100% for you. I honestly considered it essential, more essential than The Cursed Child on Broadway. Uh, it basically is a retelling of the seven years at Hogwarts, but through the Hufflepuff house, and it's so smartly written, it's absolutely hilarious. If you can't make it out to New York to watch this, I highly recommend just going to Amazon or iTunes and, uh, purchasing the filmed version, because I I have not laughed that hard in ages. My sides were aching, tears were rolling down my face. It was incredible. There's so many great throwbacks to the films. Like, you don't even have to have read the books, you could just have watched the films. And I consider, consider uh, Puffs to be an essential watch. Um, so de- if you're a Harry Potter fan, definitely check it out. Awesome, awesome. And we should also touch on, we didn't record last week, and we said... We had given a warning that we probably wouldn't because of the Super Bowl. And so that's why we're two weeks weeks late as well. So that is something else that happened in the time frame that um, we can talk about if you want. I watched it. I had people over. Um, Bala, I know you watched it. You had people over as well, right? Yeah. It was a really boring Super Bowl. It, uh. And listen, I'm, I'm, I'm of the mind that like I think a really close, low-scoring defensive game can be very interesting and can be very exciting. But this wasn't even that. It was just two teams not playing all that well and i mean i guess you could argue that they weren't playing well because of the coaches scheming against each other and stuff like that but i mean the rams just looked absolutely lifeless yeah i was rooting for the rams and so was i it was it was nightmare like we did uh super bowl boxes at work yeah and i ended up with a punch and one of the boxes i had was three three and I sat there at the end of the first quarter, it was 0 3. I was like, oh, maybe at the end of the second quarter. No. <laughs> at the end of the third quarter, it was finally 3 3, and I got a nice payout out of that. But then, uh, towards the end of the fourth quarter, uh, Patriots scored a touchdown, uh, making, what was it 10 3, so 0 3 in the boxes. And then they scored a field goal, and it brought it back to 3 3 again. And I won $725. <laughs> oh, nice. That great. Nice. So. <laughs> You, on the Super Bowl, you won $725. Yeah. so, like, for me, the game itself wasn't as memorable, but, like, my memory of that day has been fantastic. So, my Super Bowl was actually super memorable outside of the game, and it was not fantastic. Um, I don't know if I told you this, but my TV broke. Oh, God, I remember you telling me this. Yes, so oh. my one-year-and-two-month-old 4K Samsung TV earlier that day i was playing video games while i was waiting for some things in the oven to cook and all of a sudden a horizontal line about one pixel wide pops up across my screen and it's like almost dead center so there's no way to like not see it it draws your eye to it and so i call samsung support and i had already done the self-diagnosis on the tv itself because it has a really nice feature that lets you know if it is like an input issue or if it is a software issue and they had me go through it again they had me try a bunch of other things and they were basically like yeah it looks like you're gonna need it to be serviced but unfortunately you are two and a half months out of warranty because i've owned this for a year and two and a half months and so i'm looking up online and it seems like this kind of problem is caused by a bad panel and also that a panel is basically the panel itself is basically the tv 
right? That's where all the cost comes. So when you factor in the replacement parts and labor, it's actually cheaper to just go out and buy a new TV than have it replaced. So I call the repair center that they referred that they're like affiliated with, they contract stuff out to on their warranty repairs. And the guy is like, you know, do you want to bring it in? Do you want us to come out to the home? I tell him, hey, it's a 65 inch, so come out to the home. And he's like, all right, well, let's schedule it. And I'm like, before you schedule it, I just need you to be honest with me. This is the issue, and I explained everything that was going on. I was like, what does it sound like to you? And he goes, it sounds like a bad panel. It's cheaper for you to just buy a new TV. You shouldn't have us come out. I, I was like, I was like, thank you, right? Because they would have yeah. charged me a fee to come out just to tell me, like, hey, it's cheaper to buy a new one. So I, a couple days ago, I'm, like, writing a, not nasty, but, like, an angry tweet and tagging Samsung, just being like, I bought, I buy all my cell phones have been Samsung for the past like five years. All my wife's cell phones have been Samsung for the past five years. My soundbar, my two, two of my TVs, my tablet, my washer and dryer, my refrigerator, and my oven that I just bought all Samsung products, right? Because I've never had an issue and I like things to match as well, which is part of it. So did you get uh, that Samsung tattoo across your chest as well? <laughs> no that's 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 coming up or it was until this happened and i in my tweet i say i will never buy another samsung product again i hit send and literally a minute and a half later i get a phone call now it was so quick that it's just coincidence but it is a a cool coincidence that happened i get a call from samsung and it turns out that they sent out a customer survey to my wife because her name is the one that's on the support account because when she had an issue with her phone they replaced her phone and so my wife replied and a little behind the scenes of my personal life if anybody is going to complain and actually get something done because things aren't the way they should be or up to par it's my wife i mean she is god bless her she has a gift (laughs) and so they call and they're like yeah we saw in the the email the situation you went through um what was your plan going forward with the tv and i told them i was like look i i'm not gonna buy a whole new tv when this is only a year old so i'm gonna live with this line for another year or so and then i'll buy a new tv from a different brand like this is ridiculous and they were like yeah we understand your frustration and we do see that you're a loyal samsung uh, customer that you have many products from us so we're going to give you a warranty exception and you only have to pay for labor which you would have to pay for anyway under the one-year warranty yeah and so now they're gonna come out and and fix it for me and replace the panel and it's only costing me a couple hundred bucks so of course i immediately went and deleted the tweet <laughs> they're like nope nope yep. come back <laughs> yep and they were like you know we hope going forward that you'll still be a samsung customer and i was like honestly like yeah all right I mean, yeah. you guys, you guys did the right thing. I wish you had done it from the beginning, but I also understand that the guy who answered the call probably didn't necessarily have that authority. Yeah. And so, but no, I, all's yeah, well that ends well. I remember when I got my first MacBook Pro, the hard drive cable on it went bad a month after my warranty went, went out and I had to pay like Apple 90 bucks for it as a college student. And I was like, I like this sucks. I was like you should still cover it there should be like this like one to two month forgiveness period after yeah. the warranty Agreed. because oh, 
it, it's just the worst, especially like with 4K TVs. Like I told you with mine that I got this video TV, and then within two months there's like this gray spot. I don't know if it's dust. I don't know what what caused it, but it's on the panel itself. And I it whenever I'm watching something and the uh, screen's light, there's this little gray mark that pops up like yeah almost like a shadow yeah and it's the absolute worst because like i love picture quality yeah me Uh, too i'm very stingy about this stuff like i'll make sure i i mess around with settings when i'm watching movies like we were watching uh how to train your dragon last night i got the 4k blu-rays i like literally paused the movie went to the tv settings and made sure like the colors were showing up properly my (laughs) wife my wife thinks i'm crazy because i do that all the time with stuff we're watching it should look amazing Uh, though i wish like these TV manufacturers will figure out a way to, um, uni- like, unify the standards for this stuff. I don't know, maybe there should be a... Did you see, like, what, um, Netflix did for Roma? If you had, like, a certain TV, they, uh, tweeted out, uh, the settings you should put it on to get the optimal picture quality? <laughs> no, no, you know what I, what I used is I actually used the Xbox's oh, picture calibration. That one's fantastic. And, it, yeah, it's really good. Like, across the board, it works with pretty much everything. Yeah. Um, there are still some things like, you know, sp- sports and stuff like that. You tend to want a little bit brighter than you would naturally want with, like, a movie or a TV show. Because movie and TV show, you want it to have that actual cinematic look to it. Yeah. Not that soap opera look to it. But there are some things where I think you do kind of want that as if it's right in front of you look. Yeah. But that's why... I use some of the other default settings and tweak those for that kind of stuff. But yeah, no, the Xbox one is a really, really good guide. Yeah. I don't know. Does your 4k TV have this where like for me, it's say I have it in game mode. Yes. If I'm watching something that switches, uh, to HDR 10, uh, then it's a different set of picture settings that I have to set again. And then for Dolby Vision HDR, I have to change the settings again. So, no, no, yeah. my TV. So my TV only uh, supports HDR10. Doesn't actually support Dolby Vision, um, which isn't actually a problem because they just like fake convert it. You know? Oh, they do. Nice. Um, um, so yeah, I don't have to set a, a separate setting. Oh, that's lucky. I feel like I'm tinkering with numbers all the time, but it looks so good. All right. So enough about that. Let's get into the games. Right. In particular, let's. I'm. I only want to talk about one game as far as what I've been playing. Um, you know, the game that matters the most right now. Yeah. So, this past Monday, Respawn drops Apex Legends, another battle royale in the already crowded battle royale scene. And I have to say, this is my favorite game in a long time. <laughs> Honestly, when you said it just released this past Monday, I had to stop and think because I played so much of this. It hasn't, yep, it hasn't even been a week. It's crazy. God. <laughs> it, it's and that the, good. Yeah, and the launch has been absolutely, well, not absolutely. For the most part, the launch has been super smooth. There are a little quirks here and there um, that they need to work out with us getting kicked back out to the title screen sometime after matches and, and not connecting right away or only two people actually loading into the match. But... Yeah, man, I I love this game, and I I mean I can't imagine you're listening to this podcast and don't know what Apex Legends is. But Apex Legends is made by Respawn, the guys who made Titanfall One and Titanfall Two. They're also the founders of Respawn are were part of the team and founders of Infinity Ward. So we're talking Modern Warfare One and Modern Warfare Two. I love Modern Warfare Two. Um, and that's these guys. So right away the shooting feels so so good, and then the movement in this game 
just the traversal abilities, the fact that you can run up a wall as long as it's not that high, right? And even, vault over it. Yeah, like, even the wall that seems like it's twice your height, your guy will just, like, wall climb. Yes. And it, it just yep. feels so good because... And, I hate having to just be look at it and be like, I have a jetpack on, like, why can't I get up there? Yeah, and then the biggest thing that differentiates this game from some of the other Battle Royals out there is that while every character has the same base stats as far as nobody does more damage than another character, nobody runs faster than other characters, so it, it boils down to the guns, but it's also a hero shooter. So your characters do have abilities. They have a passive and then an active and then an ultimate, right? And in games like this, like say Overwatch, when Overwatch came out, there were times where I was like, man, that character seems so overpowered, or this character seems so overpowered, or the the meta has to be these characters together, right? Yeah. Right now, I feel like it's so well-balanced that almost every character is viable, that all kinds of different team makeups are viable, and you can... You can play this game in so many different ways. You can play it more passive. You can play it super hyper-aggressive. You can play a mix of the both. You can play it a little bit more tactical and, or a little bit more just run and gun. And, man, I I am hooked. I, I Like, when I'm not playing this game, I'm thinking about this game. Like, that's the level I'm at. That was me all week. Uh, and this is coming... I think I, was, I only had a few hours into Kingdom Hearts at this point, and I was... I'm super hyped about Kingdom Hearts. I still am. Right. But I dropped Kingdom Hearts Cold Turkey for about four or five days just to play Apex Legends. Uh, that's how good it is, uh, in my opinion. Uh, I don't know. It just... Everything feels smooth. Like, you don't have that jankiness that PUBG has. You don't have to worry about building, like, Fortnite. The time to kill when you're playing a character... It's great. Like you actually have a chance of coming back if someone gets the first the drop on you. Uh, yeah. I think one of the biggest issues I've always had with like Call of Duty, it or most online shooters is like if someone gets to jump on you, that's it. You're done. But with Apex, depending on the champion I'm playing or just the gear load I have, like I can react and sometimes I can turn the situation on them in ways they never expected. Yeah, and I love that. Even now, almost a week out and a lot of hours into it. I am still finding new ways to use the champion's abilities, both offensively and defensively. Mm -hmm. I think, like, someone like Caustic... Um, so, just to give a rundown, there's six heroes available to everyone at uh, launch, and then there's two that are paid, but can, I think, quickly, pretty quickly be unlocked. Well, you can get one of them pretty quickly with an in-game currency that you grind out. Um, the second one still takes a little, bit wa- a little while if you're trying to grind it out. But, or, yeah, you can, you can use real money... Um, again, this uh, uh, to mention, this game is free to play. So if you're at all interested, or even if you're curious, right, you should go ahead and download it. It's available on PC, Xbox One, PS4. Go ahead and download it. Give it a shot. This game is free to play. So there is there are microtransactions, which are in the form of Apex packs. There's also, which are loot boxes. There's also a store that allows you to use real the currency that you buy with real money to just buy um, an item flat out um and that seems to be a rotating store instead of trying to get it in a in a, in a loot box and then yeah the characters the new characters you can just buy flat out with that four pay currency as well yeah but i think the greatest thing about this game is the pinging system yeah i, I mean just even to be more general the quality of life yeah 
that they have like mechanics that they have in this game so you mentioned the pinging system you can ping a location of where you want to go you can ping an enemy when you spot them um even if you don't necessarily have a direct line of sight but you can kind of see them in a window you can ping that location as an enemy location you can ping weapons that are on the ground if other teammates want to pick them up um there's also the aspect of which i think might be the most genius thing is if i have a weapon equipped that has a lot of attachments and i see a weapon on the ground that i'd rather have and some of those attachments or all those attachments can go to that weapon it'll automatically move them over i don't have to strip my weapon like in other battle royale games and pick it up and then re-equip everything like those are the quality of life things that i think make this game just so fantastic yeah uh i think when i played blackout for call of duty I was in the menu, just moving things around, trying to figure out what was doing what, uh, and it took way too long. I always felt like I'd be killed in the menu. For this, I rarely ever pull open the menu unless I need to drop something, and even that is fairly quick. Uh, you can let your like teammates know what type of ammo you need, whatnot, and they can drop it for you. I yep. the three games I have won. Uh, this is a. I don't think we mentioned it, but it's a three. V, it's a three-man team every time. There's no Always, solo. there's no solos, no duos, no yeah. four-mans. The three games I've won, I have not been on the mic communicating with anyone. It's I've, no one's talking. Everyone's just using the ping system, and yeah. it's incredible. Like I never thought this would be possible uh, for a game like this. Yeah, I've been able to win games with randoms. Now, don't get me wrong. I have more success. Like earlier today, we were playing before we were recording. It was uh, me and uh, two of my friends. And we were communicating, and we won three out of our four that we played, Damn. right? So um, if you are playing with a team that is communicating and working together, you are going to have an advantage, but it's totally, totally doable with just the ping system. Like, yeah. it's it's so well done, man. In other Battle Royale games, I won't even play with randoms, you know? I'll turn uh, Phil off. I'll be at a one teammate disadvantage. This game doesn't allow you to do that. This game makes you play with three people, and it works. It totally works. Yeah, and for me, especially these, like, I think last two years, I've slowly come to realize, like, if I can't play a multiplayer game by myself online, I then I rarely ever jump in with randoms. I think yes. Halo, Halo was it, 5 might have been, like, the last one. Yeah. But even then, I was quickly realizing I wasn't having fun doing that. But for Apex, I'll come home, I'll turn on the console, I'll be like, yeah, let's get some matches in. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so I think we're going to be talking about Apex week in and week out going forward so i don't want to take up too much time on this episode um we're trying to make this one a little bit quicker as well let's get into our main topic for this week um below kingdom hearts 3 came out yes finally like what it's been like 14 years since kingdom hearts 2 it's yeah even though i mean kingdom hearts 3 it's like the 10th game in the entire franchise yeah i mean and, and mickey hasn't been doing anything else that's why he was you know willing to intro us for this episode yeah, um, it's it's funny because I played Kingdom Hearts one and two when they came out. I played Chains of, Chain of Memories. I tried to play Birth by Sleep. Uh, what was it? Three fifty eight over two days. Dream Drop Distance over the years, and I was just like, I hate playing on a handheld. I like, I'm yeah. like this does not feel good. Uh, so I, along with like everyone on the internet, did a deep dive in Kingdom Hearts um, recap videos. Uh, explainers that went over the entire history. I think I watched about 10 to 12 of them before I finally understood what was going on. Uh, but like, I think once you get the hang of uh, the general gist of what they've uh, laid out, it's not too hard to follow. 
there's just there's just a lot going on. So that means that you've you've you like you said you've played a number of these leading yeah. up to this one, okay, and I have I tried to play the remake that came out on PS3 of Kingdom Hearts One. Oh God! And I just I mean I just did did not did not like it. Yeah. So I've been a staunch opponent of Kingdom Hearts as a franchise and have made light of your love of it. No, and you know what? While playing Kingdom Hearts 3, I kind of see where you're coming from now. I think back during the PS2 when Kingdom Hearts came out, it for an action uh, RPG game, it felt great. It was awesome. I know there's some issues with the camera, but for yeah. me back then, like this was like revolutionary. Because most RPGs I played at the time were turn-based. Uh, so you select attack, you, you see your character attack. But like this was like I was in action the entire time. But like over the last 17 years since Kingdom Hearts 1, um, action action games have come a long way. Just look at like Bloodborne, um, Nier in the recent years. Uh, God, I'm drunk blanks on most of them. But there's been a high pay, like functioning stuff. So with Kingdom Hearts 3, one, like the production value is there. It looks gorgeous. It looks beautiful. Um, I'm still shocked at some of the stuff that happens on screen. Uh, I'm playing on an Xbox One X, so there's some minor frame rate drops, but it's not. It, I, it's not that bad. Are you playing in the smooth or stable? Uh, mode? Just, whatever the default one is, which I think prioritizes graphics over. Um, I so I actually think that the the default one prioritizes frame rate. Believe it or not. Is it okay? I think so. Because, uh, yeah, because I switched over to the other one, and I, the, the game just started looking blurry. Uh, mm. Sure, I played smoother, but I, I even when I did the Shadow of the Colossus remake, I chose the graphical look than the 60 frames per second. Um, I don't know. Just something about certain games where yeah. I, I'd rather have the look than a blurry um, background or enemy textures. Okay, so let me ask you a, a few questions then, right, about yeah. this game. So... What do you think of the story itself? Uh, so, things start off pretty hectic because, like, at the end of what was it, Dream Drop Distance, you have the new real organization thirteen show up and like lay their plans out of what they're trying to do to reforge the Keyblade, which is not which is different than a regular Keyblade. Um, it, it's like the one that helps unlock Kingdom Hearts, if I'm remembering the lore correctly. And uh, so there's like a sense of urgency of trying to stop them. But Sora's like lost his powers, so you have to kind of go on the journey to rebuild it. And through this journey, you're going through Disney worlds. And like, are, are you finding yourself actually? So what what I'm asking is, are you playing this through, and is the story pushing you along, or is it more of the fact that it's the gameplay and the environments that are pushing you along? It's a bit of both because, like, right now I really want to get to those story beats. And right before we recorded, I think you messaged me like a half hour before we started. Like, oh, I'm like, yeah, we can start recording right after this cutscene is done. And had a 30, like, probably 20 to 30 minute cutscene chunk. Yeah, that it was dropped. legit like 25 minutes later. Yeah. And I was just like, oh man, this is so good. I'm finally, they're like, they're giving me crumbs right now. And there, it's been like 20 hours of crumbs. And I'm slowly, like, I think I have one more Disney World left before yeah. I get to that last uh, boss rush or whatever the final world is uh, gotcha. of, like, where the Lord Dump is going to come. Uh, but it, it's been interesting. Like, I enjoy some of the Disney worlds, but others are questionable because they're, like, really abbreviated versions. I think what I love from the original Kingdom Hearts 
uh, the first two games at least, or that it was like Sora part of this journey along with these characters. Now in three, it feels like Sora is kind of just like showing up, and you get an abbreviated version. Like in Tangled, it's like you're jumping in and out of the story, and unless you've seen Tangled, you're gonna be completely lost at why some characters are doing certain things. Um, the Toy Story world was a little bit long, but it was really well done. It has its own original story. Um, some of the voice acting is hit or miss uh, for some of the characters. So, um, this is the perfect time for me to make a confession. Yeah. I bought Kingdom Hearts 3 and have been playing offline so you wouldn't see me playing Oh, it. no, I saw you playing. Oh, no. <laughs> yes, you messed up the very first day. Um, yeah, I think when I was installing it, I clicked on it. Anyway, so yeah, <laughs> so I have been playing it. Um, okay, first off, as somebody who didn't play any of the other ones, they it does have like a 20-minute video in, in-game in the beginning. Oh, it's that trash. explains the story. Listen, that's the story is trash. Yeah. The story is trash. Okay, I don't care. I'm not going to go into watch 13 different lore videos to try to ca- catch up on a story that involves people being eight different incarnations of themselves and there being 42 different organizations and this one back like it's just it feels like they had the idea to have a, an rpg action rpg set in disney universes with disney characters and then came up with a story to push that along and then realized later on like oh this story doesn't actually work so we're gonna have to add this oh it turns out that story doesn't actually work we're gonna have to add this oh it turns out that we got to get back to where we were in the beginning so we need to do this it is incomprehensible nonsense it is i mean it's amazing i i understand (laughs) it's amazing i understand the different parties in the game i understand who's who i understand what it is that they kind of want and it is bad like it is bad now Uh, that being said in terms of story delivery i 100 percent agree with you that that being said the gameplay itself is so is a lot of fun it is the the disney world's and the attraction abilities and the different weapons you get and stuff are <laughs> without sounding too cheesy or too corny it is magical like it is it is get you it just brings a smile to my face and yeah. some of these worlds look so good aside yeah. from the very first world which involves um, mount olympus and hercules and thebes and mm-hmm. that one kind of feels like they took some old assets and just up them yeah um some of these other ones look so close to what they are in the movies yeah no, and then i the completely agree like uh i know there are some stuff in the hercules world where i was just like why is like the talus people just kind of stand there they don't do too yeah. much but like good other worlds it's more interactive and lively yeah he also seems out of like the hercules model himself seems out of place it seems yep. like it's a different art than what the rest of the world is and and in that specific um disney world and yeah. so how far um, have you gotten? I am... I finished Toy Story. I think that's the last one that I finished. Okay. So I think I'm heading to... The... Frozen? No, there's... Did you do the Tangled one? I did the Tangled one. Was Tangled okay. after Toy Story? Yes. Okay. Or, well, you can do them in any order. Um, But I think they'll... Requ- I think it goes... Yeah, there are battle yeah. levels that show yeah. you like, hey, this has a higher battle level than this one. So I've been going in the order I think they want us to go in. Yes. Um, so I think and so you mentioned it, and the reason I cut in is because of the, I think the voice acting in some of these worlds for some of these characters is 
is bad. It's really bad. Some of it is so good. And some of them, they got the actual people. Yeah. So I know Entangled, like Flynn Rider is Zach Lee. Yeah. Right. But the Mandy Moore sound alike goes in and out of sounding just like her and sounding nothing like no, her. No, I think that is Mandy Moore. I don't, I don't believe it is. Let me uh, continue, but let okay. me just double check. Yeah. And then uh, who else? I know that in the Toy Story world, I believe that Woody is actually played by um, Tom Hanks' brother. Yes. Who does, like, voice work for roles that Tom Hanks had done in movies, right? Um, he does. He's, like, the game version of Tom Hanks. And so um, there was, there's been a couple where, like, it seems like accents drop in and out, and not for nothing, right? But, like, as bad as that, as bad as Mickey sounded at the beginning of this, right? Yeah. Mickey sounds awful in this. Uh, uh, how do you mess up Mickey Mouse? It is a bad, like, bad di- Mickey Mouse. Disney didn't have someone or like three, five to five people on hand to just do like a Disney vo- uh, Mickey yeah, voice. Yeah, I mean, seriously. You know what? Here, here. How about this, right? I'm going to throw my hat out there. Just give me a call. I'll do Mickey. I can do better than that, right? You can use the beginning of this. Uh, although that wasn't me. That was actually Mickey Mouse at the beginning of this. Or you can use... I'll give you I'll, I'll give you one right now. Right? Ready? You ready? Yeah. Bilal, you ready? Although my throat's a little messed up. So if this is bad, it's not because it's not of, of me. It's because my throat's a little messed up. All right? But here we go. Ready? Uh-huh. Mickey Mouse and the Mouseketeers. Like, how much better was that than anything in Kingdom Hearts 3? I felt something on yeah. the inside. See? It, it touched my heart. <laughs> No, all joking aside, like, Mickey is, he's not your central character, but he's arguably the most important character in this world, and it's bad. Yeah. It's not even, like... If you think that's bad, just wait till you get to Pirates of the Caribbean. Um, Oh, really? It's bad. And it's Toy Story long um oh no yeah and there's so many cutscenes. i just wrapped up the caribbean portion of kingdom hearts 3 and i'm the ship combat is like it's basic it's what you'd expect them to put together but man i just was like this come on just wrap it up just wrap it up and they chose the third pirates of the caribbean movie not even like the fifth one that came out to do the story on so yeah I, I, I don't understand what they were thinking. Um, I will say that, like, part of me thought... Part of me probably would have... And I understand that would have required a lot of work. But I kind of wish that all the worlds had their own storyline going on instead of some of the worlds just retelling yeah. the movies but with these characters inserted into it, mm-hmm. right? Like, I think that's kind of what makes the... Um, Toy Story, one. Toy Story, and the Monsters Inc. one. Yeah, like I think that's what makes them so good is that they are their own stories. They're not just following the plots of of the movies. Yeah, you Mo- know? Monsters Inc. felt like a actual sequel that take not like a sequel, but like events that would likely take place after. Yes, hundred percent. Uh, Monsters Inc. Yeah, agreed, hundred percent. Um, and even like even the Hercules one, it's so weird. I think I mean I've only like I said I've only done a handful of one, but like the tangled one retelling the story of the movie and as you mentioned like the beginning in particular kind of leaves some parts out so you're just like all right what's going if you don't know the movie it's just like what's going on with flynn rider why is 
what why is he have this yeah and, and frozen is the same exact way see that's a that's kind of a bummer but frozen you'll get the entire let it go number all right which you know what pretty well done in my opinion on par with uh with the movie okay so here's here's one of the things i want to talk about just to shift gears a little bit is let's talk about the gameplay a little bit more uh, you mentioned earlier that it is more actiony right there is a melee combat mm-hmm. and it is mm, hack and slash light we'll say yeah but there is a lot also going on that if you choose you can go into the minutia of it or you can just kind of auto assign or shortcut some of the things which i think is is pretty well done especially considering how much is going on in yeah. that combat. Um, I will say one of the things I love is I do love the keyblade transformations. The fact that you land enough hits with a certain keyblade that it will transform and then do a different attacks, not just the hacking and the slashing. Um, I find that every time I get a new keyblade, I play like the next world with that one. And I've liked almost every single one and can see where depending on how you want to play this game, you could play it your way which I also think is super, super smart for a game like this, as long as it is. Being able to, when I get sick of using one keyblade, I can switch up to another one and then play that for a couple hours, and if I get sick of that, and it does actually switch up the gameplay. Yeah, and uh, I think in the original ones, you, you got the keyblade charms, which like changed your keyblade uh, as you went world to world, but the stats were fixed. This yeah. time around, you can actually go to the synthesis shop and, and upgrade, upgrade, upgrade yep. that keyblade. So I think right now, I've been mostly rocking the Toy Story one, and I think my favorite one right now is the Monsters, Inc. one, which has a transformation into, like, twin yo-yos, and I freaking love it. Every time I use it, I'm just, just like, filled with this glee because, like, Sora's just zipping around, smacking okay. folks with yo-yos. Yeah, so Tangled is definitely before Monsters, Inc. I think it's definitely yeah. Monsters, Inc. and then Frozen in that world, yeah. like, in that in that universe or whatever mm-hmm. they call that sector because i haven't used that blade yet and i i'm yeah so i just finished monsters inc yeah um now i will say that i am not a fan of the gummy ships oh my god uh, why square enix why it's it's so for those of you who don't know in between each world you have to manually fly to another world and you fly in these things called gummy ships when you're flying from point a to point b you can choose to interact with certain battles right that are on the map so you can avoid them if you want if you want to interact with them it then becomes a almost like like a star fox-esque where your enemies are popping up in front of you and you're shooting them and i it also has like a system where you can build your own gummy ships and no matter how many times i sit there and try to figure this thing out i just don't get it like so this is what i can say about the gummy ships in terms of like the editing the ships yeah i just go in and i at, so, when you're out in the gummy ship world map, you can go around and there, you can counter these, like, heartless ships and yes. do these quick little missions, and you level up. As you level up, your ship gets the ability to add more gummy blocks to it. There's, like, a hard limit. So, yeah. when you go into the editor, uh, you can add, like, more parts to it, but they take up that bar. Yes. And what I've been adding is just weapons. Okay. Uh, so, I just add more weapons so I can take down enemy ships faster. But right. you, as you level up, you also unlock teeny ships 
which are these small ships that will join your gummy ship, but they they, they kind of just hover around it. Yeah, but they don't automatically um, get added. You have to kind of go into the teeny ship blueprints, save uh, yep. it, and then yep. assign them. And yep. I didn't figure that out till last night after nearly 16, 17 hours in the game, and I was frustrated. It's just, it's just, I, I would have preferred that whole system just not being in it. They you don't know? need it. It's just mindless filler. Like, it, yeah. it's fine. Like, when I play it, I'm like, yeah, okay, cool. But this is not what I'm here for. Yeah. You can do it giving me a five-minute cutscene while you load it into the next world of them talking and bantering, which I, I will say, as bad as the voice acting is, Sora, uh, Donald, and Goofy are are, are awesome. Like yeah. Donald and Goofy are awesome. As hard as it is to understand Donald, sometimes they are they are a lot of fun, and I I really like the voice acting in, in those three. Yeah. Even though Sora is kind of your stereotypical Square Enix protagonist, it seems. Yeah. So if you have some issues with with how the they write characters and how cheesy and and how stilted the the dialogue can be sometimes. Yeah, but um, th- there's something with the editing as well. Like yeah. Jack Sparrow said something to Sora, and Sora's just looking at him for five seconds. Yeah. Like, there's no movement on the screen of any kind, and then he starts speaking. I was like, so, why was this allowed? So here's here's what I, I saw a tweet um, from somebody that does localization, and they were saying how that's a byproduct of the localization. Ah. Uh. Yeah. Is it going from Japanese to English? And so that's why some of the dialogue sounds so stilted because they're not reanimating the characters, right? No, from what I heard was they did the mouth sync for Japanese. Mm-hmm. But I guess maybe the length of the cutscene itself wasn't changed. Right, exactly. Okay. Yeah, right, yeah. So that sucks. Yeah. But the, the requirement of work, trust me, I work in translations on app and websites. I know how long that process can take. I've had app projects that have taken like a year to get translated. Um, it, it's absolutely nuts. So I, I can't even imagine what it's like to do it for an RPG it, with the voice involved. The amount of work. Oh, my God. That, that, I feel like I'm becoming stressed. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, like we said, neither of us have finished it. So we can't speak to whether or not it rides out as, you know, if it finishes well, we'll say. Right. So. If I right now was to put this game like on a year end list, it might be it might fall somewhere on like a best looking. Uh, but okay. right now this game is somewhere sitting between like an eight to eight point five for me. Like I'm enjoying my time with it. I'm having fun. Some of the systems really feel outdated. Um, the combat's really easy. I really feel challenged. Maybe there's like one or two worlds where I've actually had a challenge. Yeah, I'm playing on I agree. Uh, but overall, I'm I'm having a good time with it. Like honestly, I would still be playing right now if you weren't like, hey, let's record the podcast. Yeah. Early. So, so and as someone who hasn't played any of the other games, or and the the little bit he did did not enjoy it at all. Um, I think I'm right there with you in that eight to eight five range. I'm actually having fun with the combat. I really really do love all the Disney worlds and the Pixar worlds in particular. I like what they do with your character model in some of these worlds. Oh yeah. Right. Um, you know, there's a lot going on. There's just, there's a lot going on, but if you can look past that and, and if all you're just looking for is a game that has some of these Disney characters that you know and love and 
it's just bright and and colorful and i play this kid this game in front of my kids right so that's another plus is i am able and you know they like seeing the the characters from the movies if that's what you're looking for and you're at all interested i say just go for it i mean i don't i don't regret purchasing it i bought it out of curiosity mostly um because it was getting such high praise and because i wanted to uh be able to confront Bilal if he said some nonsense like that you know at some point you actually understand what's going on um I, but, I'm, I'm so confused on where this game is going and it, it it's kind of frustrating because i'm like 20 hours in and i still don't know where this plot is headed all and like riku and Mickey are have been tasked with finding Aqua since the beginning of this game. Twenty hours in, they're still doing that same shit. Like, come on. Yeah, I just, I, I mean, yeah, I have, I have friends that are playing it who are just like straight up skipping the non-Disney cutscenes. That are just like, yep, nope, just I can't, just can't, and they're still enjoying it. Yeah. So that that speaks a lot to the game itself, the actual gameplay, and how strong the disney is in this one um i kind of would love to see them do something like this maybe just do a, a a clean start with new characters um that just ignores all, all the non-disney stuff honestly i'd be up for this. that at this point because yeah. i and i have what san francisco for big hero 6 left i yeah. i say that for last because i'm thoroughly looking forward to just being able to hang out with baymax but, yeah i mean uh, i would love to get you know a a new game that has moana that has coco that has marvel movies that has star wars worlds like i would everything that's under disney now that's new and still you know you can still bring in some old stuff but they have so much stuff that's new and under their umbrella now that yo king King mickey and deadpool yeah that would (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah all right so maybe maybe let's not go too far out you know i know they have the the they acquire fox and stuff so they do oh, have Mickey's the, the expert licenses but outfit with the zippers i mean so that would be cool yeah yeah i'd be totally down for that but so i you know it's one of those things where like i do think that this needs to end this storyline this particular storyline with this one and hopefully it does wrap up in a, in a significant way i think that i understand the logic behind having all their spin-offs even the mobile ones tie into the overall story because if not then people just why would they care about those spin-offs yeah but it has done a great disservice in my opinion to the main storyline in the main franchise so, so but, i'd like yeah. them to do a, a clean break on this and go forward with a, a new a new story and a, a new threat i mean and just give me new characters i don't need sora or yeah. riku or just make it interesting yeah yeah and honestly you don't you can give me something thin right that's non-disney if it's non-disney you can give me something thin um and I'd be fine. Like, just get me into the Disney stuff. Just get me into Marvel stuff. Just get me into Star Wars stuff. Just get me into the stuff that is actually not just visually appealing, but um, super, like, nostalgic. Like, I don't know if a game brings... I've, I've played a game recently that brought nostalgia, that feeling of nostalgia like this one has. So, let me paint a picture for you. Sora, Donald, Goofy on the gummy ship and all of a sudden goofy's like 
I don't feel so good. And he just disappears, and so does Donald. And it's just Sora left alone in this gummy ship, and he comes across Iron Man, who's stuck in his ship. Day one purchase? Yes or no? Uh, yeah, 100%. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Could you just imagine? You that would be absolutely yo, awesome. Tony hey. Stark giving Sora his own Iron Man suit. That's it. I'm in. I mean, yeah, I feel like it writes itself. Hundred <laughs> percent. Um. All right, so I'm trying to look through right now to see. Did you find out if it was? Oh, it's uh, for Mandy Moore. It's a different voice actress. You're right. Ah, uh, see. But like, did Flynn Rider have an accent entangled? No, no, no. Then why was Zachary Levi uh doing an like a British a full British accent with him? Oh, I mean, I don't know. I didn't notice. I didn't notice that he sounded like Flynn Rider to me, and so uh, I mean, Entangled is actually one of my favorite of those movies. It's better than Frozen. Yeah, I think so. Yes. That's uh, not that I'm saying Frozen's a bad movie. No, I think saying, Frozen's great. I think yes, Frozen's great. It's a great movie. I just think Tangled's better. Yeah, Tangled so much better. Yeah. Um, but yeah, all right. I think that wraps it up for what I have to, my thoughts on, on Kingdom Hearts 3. Um, yeah. Anything else you want to add? Uh, no, I think we pretty much covered it thoroughly. I'll give my final thoughts after I finish it, hopefully by next week. But I did have one question for you. We yes. We have some major releases coming next week. Like yes. four big games and then anthem the week after uh between crackdown metro exodus far cry new dawn jump force and anthem are you looking to try anything out because are you I really are you you really mentioning jump force and yeah. like uh, you're that that game looks so bad i want nothing more than to play a game with all those characters and that game looks so so bad <laughs> you know a part of me still wants to get it you know, and i uh, agree uh, uh, i agree listen, with everything you're saying listen a part of me still wants to get it as well so, so you do we want to get it and like no we're not i'm like i can't i can't i can't i am i will say that i am going to be playing kingdom uh kingdom hearts <laughs> crackdown 3 yeah um, Thank because you, game pass. yes exactly because game pass and plus i love that first one and whatever i'm willing to go and and give it and, and play it even if it wasn't on games pass i'd probably still be picking it up yeah um i am not going to be playing far cry new dawn i've come to the realization that i really just i'm just don't enjoy the far cry games at that much yep same here um and I'm more excited for Rage 2 and that Neon Apocalypse rather than the, what Far Cry New Dawn is putting forward. Yeah. And then, I mean, Anthem, I've, I, we talked about before. I am all all on board. What was the other one that you mentioned? Uh, Metro Exodus. Oh, so Metro Exodus is a curiosity for me, right? Because everything, all the trails they've shown have looked awesome. I have looked like right up my alley. So I'm super tempted to actually on Game Pass the first two games are on there, and so I'm super tempted to just go ahead and, and play through those. But I think that's more likely to be a like June game for me. Got it. Um, but I am interested in that. Yeah. So yeah, uh, I think for me, if I do end up picking up anything from that group, I mean, I already pre-ordered Anthem. I played the open beta the second weekend. Uh, yeah, the public one. And it, I enjoyed what I played, but those frame rate drops have me questioning um, if they'll have that fixed in time for launch. Because, like, as much as I like splashy effects, I don't like frame rate drops, and I can do without the effects in that case. Yeah, I see. I you know, I wonder 
I wonder as well, what gives me hope is that they are labeling this not as a beta, but as a demo. And normally demos are a little bit earlier on because nowadays when they say beta, what they mean is stress test, yeah. right? That's what they mean, right? So you're playing the final product. Um, them calling this a demo makes me think that maybe it's an earlier vertical I, slice of the game. I think they said it was a six-week-old build when they did the first uh, VIP. Okay, so like, yeah, y- yeah so, so stuff like frame rate and stuff like that, that is stuff that could be cleaned up, right? Because then that's when optimization comes into play. I mean, at, at, at two months out, three months out, for the most part, the, the core game is what it is. Um, it's just a matter of optimizing. As that's my understanding, at least. And so hopefully that does... Especially, like, I mean, we're playing on Xbox One X's. Like, frame rate shouldn't be an issue. Yeah. Now that game is gorgeous, but still. Um, Got lots of games to talk about in the upcoming weeks. <laughs> yeah, should be fun. Should um, be fun. Yeah, just as a heads up, I'm out of town the next two weekends, so we're going to have to figure out a schedule of some kind. Yeah, I mean, or we can, we can figure out... you tell me how to do this yeah right how to set this up and uh me and jen can record or i'll bring someone else on and we'll just do some stopgap episodes and then you can catch us all up when you get back we'll figure it out we'll talk about that after yep all right um all right so you want to let people know where they can follow us yeah you guys can follow us over at theworkprint.com for facebook twitter instagram youtube at theworkprint and you can follow myself Bilal at Bilal underscore meon on twitter um, as I've said in the past episodes, don't bother following me on Twitter. There's nothing good there. You can go ahead and follow me over at Instagram at SunnyVice20, uh, S-U-N-N-Y-V-I-C-E-2-0, where I do put up pictures of my dogs, my kids, and whatever I'm baking at the moment. Um, and also, is there a way, the best way to save people, because I'd like people to be more interactive with the show and be able to actually send us questions or even recommend oh. topics that they want to hear about, right? Yeah. Um, so... so uh, we have an email account set up at um, theworkprint at gmail.com. So send any questions uh, with the games cast in the subject. Uh, okay. And yeah, send it over and we'll be more than sure to read it. And then let's also do, you know, to make it even easier, if you go ahead and want to send a question over to the Twitter account and then just hashtag it uh, gamescast, um, that would work as well, I think. We can make that work. Yep. Uh, I think we got some more stuff coming on the feed. Uh, I need to say thank you to everyone that's been tuning in, uh, especially the magicians, folks. Uh, it's been it's been humbling for Nicole and I um, yeah. to see the love. So I really appreciate all that. Hey, are you uh, also promoting the games cast over on that? I'm promoting, or promoting everything. All right, good. Yeah, good, I, mean, good, good. I mean, I could be lying, but you should yeah. go listen. Yeah, see, now I got it. Now you're going to maybe go listen. Is that what's yeah. going to happen? Yeah, you have to watch four seasons of The Magician just to listen to that podcast. Mm, nah, I think I'll just go play some more Apex Legends. Okay. All right, well, until next week. Bye bye. Bye bye.